brought to you by Fruitnet Media. This is Fruitbox. Hello and welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these conversations to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now today let's talk about Asia and more specifically about the opportunities for fresh fruits and vegetables in Southeast Asia. That's countries like Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia and Thailand. And it's interesting to do that right now because many people in the world of fresh fruits and vegetables are traveling very soon to Bangkok to meet at Asia Fruit Logistica and Asia Fruit Congress. I'm delighted to be joined down the line from Jakarta in Indonesia by Yuyu Sukmana, who is the Southeast Asia Regional Manager at Vanguard International. Yuyu, welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me here. Now, Yuyu, you're busy in Southeast Asia supporting your sales teams. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yes, I'm here in Indonesia to support all our sales team, uh, you know, global offices. And uh, of course, I need to make sure they achieve their sales budget. And I provide them with market information uh, across the region. And I assist our customers in executing any promotion program. And of course, if any arrival issue, I'll be there at any time uh, to see the fruits and assist with the settlement. And I also present, represent Vanguard uh, in any uh, events in our industry. That's pretty much what I'm doing. We'll see each other very soon then in Bangkok at Asia Fruit Logistica. Uh, uh, but I want to ask you uh, uh, now, um, you, you, how do you view these markets? Indonesia, uh, which is where you're from and where we're, you're talking to me from today, is a market of, uh, well, 270 million people. And it has a per capita GDP of, of only 14,000 US dollars per annum. Whereas Singapore um, has fewer than 6 million inhabitants and has a GDP uh, per capita, has a per capita GDP of almost $80,000. So they're really quite different markets, aren't they? Yeah, it's very interesting to compare these two markets, Chris. Uh, Indonesia, as you said, with that huge population, is a very interesting market. It covers all segments in the market, like from very high end to the very low end. And that's why many suppliers and import and exporters are seeing Indonesia as a home for like all grades of fruits. It's like a dumping ground, which I think is not necessarily true. Um, and if we look at the geographic of Indonesia, there's still a lot of development in the eastern part of the country. So it's a very promising market, from my opinion. Uh, I can see how the importers and retailers still keep expanding to that part of the region. And as we speak now, the government has started the groundwork to move the capital into Kalimantan Island, which will bring uh, economic equality uh, between West and East. As now, uh, the economic and also with our industry, the business are concentrated in Java Island. So I'm seeing a very good uh, future 
for, for Indonesia. Uh, on the other hand, Singapore, uh, many people might look at it as a saturated market, uh, but I have to say uh, we might be wrong. Uh, Malaysia, Malaysia as the neighboring country is one of their uh, extended market. And the volume that uh, we are seeing into Singapore, quite a big portion uh, is for sales in Malaysia. And also uh, being the hub of the transshipment, um, I'm seeing Malaysia also as a, sorry, Singapore is also a home for uh, many diverted containers uh, for different reasons uh, that cannot be uh, sent to their final destination. So, so if we look then at, uh, at the demand for fresh fruits and vegetables, it's, it's pretty strong in Asia. Uh, fresh fruits and vegetables are an essential part of, of the Asian diet. Uh, and, and interestingly, among young, younger people too, especially I think after the pandemic, they know about the link between diet and health. That's right, isn't it? Hey, definitely, Chris. Even before the pandemic, uh, from what I noticed, there's uh, a growing awareness of uh, health attributes in, in not just in fresh food, but in any food being consumed in Southeast Asia, particularly in market like Indonesia. Um, compared to when I was at the age group, so Indonesia, you know, everyone have to be sweet, but I'm seeing young people now, they, they tend to avoid uh, too sweet taste uh, food, including uh, even fresh food. They, they know that uh, I would take one food as a good example, durian. It's a, one of the most favorite food in Indonesia. And of course it's very sweet. I find that younger generation also have been trying to, to avoid this kind of sweetness. So in other words, they, they have uh, higher concern on health issues. And when they purchase food, uh, beside the health, food safety and freshness is what they're looking for, especially since the pandemic. That's why I noticed uh, demand for prepacked foods have increased since the pandemic. In the past, everyone want to touch the fruit, want to really select the fruits when they purchase. Now, they, of course, uh, uh, because of the pandemic, they know the risk. And I'm seeing that uh, the prepacked fruits is what they're uh, looking into at the moment. Those are those are two very interesting uh, comments. Uh, this one about sweetness and also the issue about about pre prepackaging. Um, but the, if we turn to the trade statistics, they tell of annual increases in demand for fresh fruits and vegetables. We know this also because at Asia Fruit we track uh, those statistical changes. In, in demand each and every year, or in trade, I should say. Um, but you think the story is a, a little bit more complicated than that. The picture's not so bright. Tell me why, uh, Yu Yeah, Chris, I'm glad you bring up this topic uh, because in the recent months, this, this year especially, everyone is saying that uh, Southeast Asia has bounced back, uh, which I think is, of course, uh, what's being seen in the statistics. In my opinion, this could be very misleading uh, because many of uh, the fruits being shipped to Southeast Asia is actually a supply push, not a real demand. Why I'm saying this is uh, simply I can uh, see in the markets how uh, China food, for example, 
there are so many apples and mandarin being shipped to market like Indonesia, Thailand, and Vietnam uh, on consignment base. It is just because China has so many excess fruit because of the uh, low market domestically. So if we look at the statistic, yes, the volume increase, but do they make money? Do the importers or retailers make money? That's the question. Um, from my observation, the returns are very low. Uh, the China suppliers get low return. And uh, of course, uh, the importers are not making money. Uh, that's what I'm seeing in the market trees. And what about uh, Singapore? Um, how do you see things there? Uh, you talked about them being a hub for transshipments. Um, tell me a bit more about the Singapore market. A pretty much similar situation uh, I'm seeing. Um, how Singapore uh, has been quite flooded also with diverted containers, uh, not just from China, also from any other part of the world. Um, and this is related to the logistic constraint we are seeing everywhere because of the vessel delay and uh, some of the original destination could not accept the food anymore. So they need to find home for the food and Singapore be uh, a good alternative uh, for, for the exporters. And that means it should be on consignment with very low return as well. So uh, that is the situation I'm seeing, even the statistics show an increase. Uh, it is not a real demand, in my opinion. And it seems as, uh, as there that there are some uh, impacts of uh, ongoing impacts of, of the pandemic. Now, you, you just mentioned uh, China. So let's talk about China a little bit more. But from the Southeast Asian perspective, from your perspective, uh, growth in China has slowed because of the pandemic. We've seen the figures um, of the economic growth uh, that have come out this week, um, the lowest, I think, in in 40 years uh, from China. What, what impact has this had on markets in Southeast Asia, in your opinion? Well, as I said earlier, um, I'm seeing the Southeast Asia being one of the dumping ground for excess food in China. Um, they sent a lot to Indonesia. They did the cross-border trucking to Thailand and Vietnam. And uh, again, um, the markets flooded, market price crash, um, and they get low returns. So uh, it's not a positive impact to Southeast Asia. Uh, I know that uh, some players in the market still make money, but generally speaking, uh, again, it's a supply push and uh, the impact to the market is not that good. Uh, and uh, what products are you talking about in specifically there, Yuyu? This is uh, what apples and mandarins and so on. Main, mainly, mainly apples and mandarins. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, China seems unlikely, um, almost definitely, to change its zero COVID policy anytime soon, and that means it's going to be more difficult for suppliers to visit the China market as they've done for so long now. Does this mean, do you think that they will want to look for new market opportunities in Southeast Asia, in, in your part of the world, because they can't be in China? Certainly, Chris, and actually they already did that. Um, and of course, uh, Southeast Asia is, is the best alternative for China. Uh, 
considering the condition uh, globally, uh, still Southeast Asia is maybe I should say best of the worst option. Um, they already uh, explore the market like Cambodia and Myanmar um, and China government uh, really encouraged that and really support industry. Like last year, uh, they have completed a new trend line from Yunnan to Yangon uh, to accelerate uh, China exports to this market. And I think in the future, they'll keep doing this uh, because Indonesia, Thailand, and Vietnam, for example, uh, it's it's very challenging market, even it's a big market. So yeah, they, they need to, to find alternative markets. And are you finding um, for you in Jakarta that you're getting many more visits from suppliers outside the Asian region who are keen to explore opportunities in other parts of Southeast Asia uh, where they perhaps didn't come before? Um, it's, it's good to see uh, that um, many suppliers outside Asia have visited the region. Um, but from what I understand, uh, the countries they visit are still the, the markets that they used to work with. And it is understandable, Chris, I mean, after three years not traveling, uh, it's, it's time for people in industry to meet each other face to face, uh, to discuss about things and opportunities. Uh, I'm seeing this since May, since May that more uh, suppliers from outside Asia have uh, been visiting Southeast Asia. Yeah. Well, I, I, I get on a plane on Thursday evening for Bangkok, the first time I've been outside Europe in three years, and I can tell you it's an exciting prospect. Now, um, apart from Singapore, where there are no restrictions for imports, markets such as Thailand and your own there in Indonesia are, are closed to some suppliers from, from Europe, for example. Do you think this is going to change? I mean, it surely has to, doesn't it? Um, we hope so. Um, but very interesting to, to see these two markets, uh, how the restrictions been applied. Uh, Thailand has been uh, applying, in my opinion, a good protection policy to their local production. And they, they manage uh, the balance very well between uh, the supply of imported foods and their local foods. So we might be seeing uh, how they will uh, lift the restriction on, on certain origin at some point and uh, put another restriction to another origin. So uh, they have been doing this and I think uh, they will continue, but uh, the protection policy itself will not change because uh, it, it's good for the for the local uh, food industry, and in my opinion, it doesn't really hurt too much for the uh, imported food business uh, of Thailand itself. Uh, Indonesia, on the other hand, is uh, actually uh, providing more opportunities to to get more uh, access. The policy is very clear. As long as the fruits are not grown in Indonesia, they can actually enter. The issue is uh, they need to go through a very long process and it's 
depend more on the bilateral uh, relationship and the G2G talks. And the initiative should really come from the uh, country of origins. So we have seen, we have seen some, some countries like Argentina, uh, South Africa uh, have gained access to Jakarta port, for example, uh, while countries like uh, China and Peru uh, still do not have access to Jakarta port, which is a very important uh, point of entry. So it really, again, it really depends on the G2G talks between the two countries. I know that uh, many uh, of my European listeners who are in the apple business will be scratching their heads thinking, where is it that in Thailand that they grow apples and why can't I export my apples um, to uh, to Thailand? But that's not a, an issue that I want to necessarily discuss anymore now. Um, I'll come back to that in future episodes. But but again, more generally, the, the Asia market for fresh fruits and vegetables has grown very strongly over the last two decades. How do you see the future? Because it sounds not as rosy as uh, or as positive as I, I hoped you might say it, uh, it was. Well, I, I, might, I may sound uh, negative on, on uh, responding to some of your questions. Um, but, I mean, we are in the middle of uh, threat of recession, the inflation. Uh, so it's, it's not really about being negative. Um, but if we look at the long run in the future, Asia is still a very, very promising market. Um, in the beginning of our conversation, I mentioned about Indonesia, for example, uh, still have many rooms to grow uh, in many parts of uh, the country, especially uh, in the Eastern part. So talking about the future, I am seeing China and Indonesia uh, being the, 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 like the barometer. Uh, I think these two countries have better resilience uh, in dealing with recession. And they will be the ones who, who have a more speedy recovery if, if that happens. So when it happens, of course, it will bring positive impact to the whole region. So uh, I'm not too worried about the future of this market, um, but in the shorter terms, uh, this is what uh, really important and need to happen in my opinion, uh, which is the recovery in uh, supply chain, um, both in the production side and on the logistics side. Uh, we know that uh, there have been a lot of uh, obstacles uh, during the pandemic uh, on the production side with the shortage of laborers, uh, with strikes at some countries, um, and with the logistics. Until now, we still see those constraints, even they're improving. Um, lack of equipment, um, unavailability of service uh, from uh, some origins, especially to long transit destinations, um, high, very high freight uh, rate, of course, and the long delays, which really make it very difficult for the, uh, both the importers and also the, the growers and the exporters in their planning. 
uh, this have to recover soon, Chris. Um, and uh, in my opinion, uh, we need as an industry, a more enhanced collaborative efforts uh, between uh, all stakeholders. Uh, it is time, I think, to uh, improve our communication and flow of information. And uh, I believe that uh, Asia Food Logistica next week will be a good momentum uh, for everyone. It's very important for us to meet face-to-face, -face, sit together more, and uh, because only by that way, we, we can uh, share ideas and more, more ideas will come up to overcome all the, the obstacles we are having. So once the supply chain clears, we will see more demand, I believe. That's a very positive note on which to end. Yu Yu, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I've been joined all the way from Jakarta in Indonesia by Yu Yu Sukmana of Vanguard International. Thank you, Yu Yu, for joining me today on Fruitbox. Thank you, Chris. Keep well and all the best to everyone at Fruitbox. Thank you. And see you next week. Now, you can find today's conversation with Yu Yu and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I share every episode of Fruitbox on my profile on LinkedIn, so connect with me there too. Post comments on what you hear, and please reshare my post with your followers. And don't forget to let me know what issues you want to hear discussed here on Fruitbox. Stay tuned and continue to make Fruitbox your regular listen. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Fruitnet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.